Amen. Well, good morning. Happy New Year to all of you. And uh, I, uh, you know, have a, a great desire for you this year, that this can be your best year ever. Yours and, yours and mine. And if you're a guest here with us today, we're so glad you're here. Uh, we, we want this church to be about you and a place where you can come and get connected with God, uh, even though you don't normally maybe go to church a lot, uh, because I, I believe that's our greatest need. Uh, today. And uh, before we go forward with 2013, Happy New Year, but before we go forward, let's go back a little bit. And I just want to say to all of our volunteers, because some of you can look at maybe some of the performers and you'll see people up here, but you don't realize there are so many other people behind the scenes that are working hard, doing so many things to make what we do possible. Taking care of our children, making sure the sound works and all this other stuff that's going on. There's a lot of things going on. So I just want to say to our volunteers today, thank you for all that you do. I appreciate it. See, because I'm a minister and, and this is my job. I get paid to do this. But so many of the people that make us, you know, what we are, are not. Uh, they're volunteers. And without volunteers, forget it. We're done. So, uh, and I'll go ahead and throw this in for 2013. We need more volunteers, okay? Because we want to see God do amazing, amazing things. So today we're starting a brand new series called, as you've heard over and over again already, Be Present. And the reason why we, we landed on this theme for the year in 2013 is because I need it. Uh, and you need it. We live right now in the most distracted time of human history, especially here in the United States. And, and the question is, are you distracted today? What's on your mind? What, you, what do you have going on in, in, your, in your mind, you know, in your life? And, and how hard is it for you to focus? And, and I'm looking here in the, in the front row here of our teens, and so many of them are, are they got on their, their, their machines and their, their smartphones and, and whatever, and, you know, oh, they're taking notes. Yes, they're taking notes. But, you know, it's a challenge. And i got to confess, before I, before I give this lesson on, on be present, i got to confess, this is a huge need in my life. You can talk to the people that know me best. You know, I, I've had many times, you know, where I'm, I'm talking to uh, people that I love, people that I care about. We're having face-to-face -face conversations. You know, and, and probably my daughter, you know, she could raise her hand and say, yeah, yeah, I got that. Because she's telling me about her day. She's telling me what's going on. And I'm looking at her. I'm looking at her. And she can tell. And she stops her story and she goes, you're not listening, are you? And I go, of course, of course I. No, I'm not. You know, but it, it, you, it makes you feel so bad. Because we're distracted. We're terribly distracted, and I know I'm terribly distracted. I don't know about you, but I need this theme this year. I need a whole year to work on this. And I think our world needs a whole year to work on this because we're not really in the moment. And it's killing us. It's killing our families. It's killing our relationships. And most of all, it's killing our relationship with the person that matters the most, and that's God. And if you're here with us today, I hope that, that what we talk about today can be helpful. Amen. That you can go out of here today and say, 2013, you know, I, I want to work on this because I know it affects me too. 
You know, and, and thinking about this, here's a quote from this guy, Bill Watterson. He says, we're so busy watching out for what's just ahead of us that we don't take time to enjoy where we are. Where are you right now? I know you can say, well, I'm here at church and I'm listening to you. No, really, where are you? You know, wh- wh- where, are you where are you at? For what are you thinking about? What are you, what are you focused on? And I know for us, you know, this whole idea of, of multitasking, it's a, it's a big deal. You know, we try, we think, I'm the great multitasker. I can do it all. The one-man band. You never seen those guys, the one-man band? They're, they're playing all these instruments at one time. You know? But we can go through life thinking, you know, well, this year's going to be my year. You know, and I remember 2000, when we turned the millennium, remember that? You know, in 2000, it's a, it's a brand new millennium. 2000's going to be my year. 2000, my year. And 2005 comes along, and high five in 2005, this is my year. 2006, no tricks in 2006, this is going to be my year, my year. 2007, 2008. And where did 2012 go? Wow. It came and went. Where were you in 2012? What happened the last year? You know, and, and, and for many of us, we, we, we set goals, but what happens along the way during the year? You get distracted. You know, and if 2013 is going to be year, 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 you've got to make some, some choices. And we're going to talk about that today because it's all about choices. And it's tough. It's very tough to, to, to be focused. And, and we have two enemies of our present. Two enemies. One of them is discontentment. It all starts when you're in school, right? Remember middle school? Where did you want to be when you were in middle school? High school, Right? You want to be in high school. Junior high, where do you want to be? High school. And when you're in high school, where do you want to be? College. And when you're in college, where do you want to be? Out. I want to get a real check. Okay, and when you're single, where do you want to be? You want to be married. And when you're married, where do you want to be? Some of you saying single, that's not right. Maybe. But we can help with that. We can help with that. God can help with that. No, but you, when, you're, when you're young, married, you want to have kids, right? And then when you have kids, you say, man, I can't wait for these kids to grow up. And move out. Right? Especially when they're teens. You're like, what time is it? It's time for you to go. College. Now, I'm not every. I'm kidding, okay? I'm having fun with this. But, you know... We, we live our lives, and then, and then when, when your kids move out, you know, there's some nostalgia, and you feel bad, and you're an empty nester. And then what do you start thinking about? Where do you want to be when you're an empty nester and your kids have moved out? Where do you want to be? Retired. Ooh, I want to be retired. I want to be retired so bad. I don't want to have to work. I just want to chill. I want to move to Florida. I want to move to Arizona. I want to move to Hawaii. And I just want to chill, right? And we're always thinking about the next place. Where are you? Are you appreciative? Are you grateful for where you are right now? And it's not about just your stage in life. It's your position. What's your role that you have? Are you a mom? Are you a minister? Are you a a, a secretary? 
You know, what's your role? What are you, what are you doing right now? And so many of us su- suffer from this dilemma that I don't like where I am and I'm not enjoying it and I don't want to be where I am. And then you get to the next place, you get moved, you get changed, and you're not happy there either. You've got a problem. The problem is discontentment. You're not fired up about where you are. Although there's thousands, maybe millions of people would give anything to be where you are and have what you have, especially here in the United States of America. You know how many people would love to be in your shoes right now? But you can't enjoy it. Why? Because you're not present. You're thinking about the next thing. And and then there's this other one, and this is huge, disengagement. Who knows what I'm talking about, disengagement? Right now, in our world of technology, and, and let me just say this, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of, of, of smartphones. I'm a fan of tablets and computers. But, man, let me just say, it, it, it's a hazard. It can be a hazard. In fact, there's some studies that are being done, you know, some surveys that school teachers are doing with their, 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 their students. And they say 90% of students, one study was done of 600 teachers, and they said 90% of my students in school are distracted with guess what? And if it's not happening now, it's going to get worse in the future. And I'm not against it. We don't need to be anti these things, but we have to learn how to manage and say, whoa, 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 whoa stop. Let me take some time out. Let me, let me put some order to what, what's going on in my life. And we're disengaged. And, and, and guys, guys, you with me? Okay, have a talk with your wife. Ask her, hey, honey, am I present? I got one witness here in the house that she could say, there are many times I'm not present. That's not good. You know, it's not, not good to be disengaged. And if, year, if, year, if 2013 is going to be your year, guess what you have to be? Say it with me. Present. You've got to be present. And you're not going to get another shot at where you are right now. Because time keeps moving. This is it. And you want to make the most of it. It's a gift from God to be where you are right now. And this whole idea of multitasking. I'm going to show a short video. See if it reminds you of anybody. Are you ready for it? Okay? It's kind of funny. So let's watch it. If you can dim the house lights and turn the volume up a little bit. Here we go. Company. Oh, hello, Mr. Cat. Your invoice number. Um, uh, hello. hello? <laughs> hey, dog, what's up? Yeah, I'm just talking to dog online. Can you hold on a second? Dander and Company. Uh, yes, sir. I'm just finishing it now. Doug. Uh, uh, hey, Doug. What's up? Why did I need that report? Doug, gotta go. Doug, got, oh, sorry. Doug, gotta go. Doug, gotta go. Mrs. Cat. Mrs. Cat. Mrs. Cat. Why, Dad? 
So how about it? Remind you of anybody? Maybe of yourself. I told one of the guys in the back, this reminds me of one of them. You know, but that's, we think we can be good at it. You know where I got this video? It's from a psychiatrist's website where he talks about the, the hazards of multitasking. It's a hazard. This isn't a guy with a Bible who's saying, you know, hey, God and Jesus. No, this is somebody out there in the world who's trying to help people manage their lives. Multitasking is not good for your health. It, it, it frazzles you. And so many of us think we're good at it. And we're not. Okay, you can't be two places at one time. You can't be Facebooking, you know, Twittering, tweeting. You know, you can't be doing all that stuff and be present, particularly with people that you care about or doing something that you care about. Anytime they ask you to do something that's serious and focused, they're going to say, hey, turn it off. Set it down. And I think it's very important for us to make these choices. So today we're going to look at a Bible study that deals with this very thing. And, and this whole idea, physically I'm here, but mentally I'm somewhere else. Or spiritually I'm somewhere else. Emotionally I'm somewhere else. Emotionally I don't know where my emotions are. I haven't seen my emotions in, in weeks. Some, of, some guys could say that. You're just numbed out. You're not present. You don't feel things anymore. You're numbed out. And there's a reason. Because you made choices. And those choices are affecting how you're doing and what's going on in your life right now. And so today we're going to look at a, a, a time in Jesus' ministry. And it's, it's really amazing because the 21st century, right now, we are the most distracted we've ever been in the history of mankind. There's been no other time where you're so distracted. But you know what's interesting? Things change, but people don't. They may not have had smartphones and tablets and email and internet and, and all the work responsibilities that people have today, but they had other things that affected them just the same. And our environment may change, but who we are and the challenges we face do not change. And that's what's so cool about the Scriptures is they, they have something to teach us right now that can help us with our lives. So let's take a look at it. This very issue that we're talking about, in Luke chapter 10 and verse 38... And this is Jesus as he's traveling about in his ministry. In verse 38, it says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. You know, and, and the amazing thing about this woman, Martha, she wasn't a leader. She wasn't a, a, a person in Jesus' plan of, of, you know, changing the world. She was just a, just a woman who opened her home, and guess what Jesus did? He went to her home. And there's another place in the Bible, in John chapter 11, she had a sister named Mary, which we're going to learn about, but she also had a brother named, anybody know? Lazarus. And then in John 11, it talks about Jesus' relationship with, with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And he said, the Bible says that he had a very close relationship with them. And the amazing thing about Jesus is that Jesus took time to spend with people that weren't necessarily a part of his leadership structure. And what does that tell you? And even in the fact in the first century that he would take time out to go to a woman's house and interact with women was radical. Because I've talked about this in the past. Women had no place of prominence in the first century. They were treated just a little higher than domestic animals. 
or, or cattle. That's how sad it was. But Jesus was doing things that were revolutionary. Because Jesus was saying, children are important, women are important, and they don't necessarily have to be a part of my leadership structure. How does that affect us today? What does that say to us? You are important to Jesus. You are important to God. And we read on in verse 39. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Now this woman, Mary, let me give you a little background about Mary. Mary was the woman who basically broke into one of Jesus' other meals at a Pharisee's house and she got down on her knees and, and, and basically wept at Jesus' feet She was crying on his feet, his dirty, stinky feet, and she was washing his feet with her hair out of gratitude for the opportunity that she got to change her life. There are other places in the Bible that talked about she was a woman of very bad background. It's very likely that she was a prostitute. And Jesus gave her a chance at new life. Jesus says, all your sins are forgiven, Mary. I'm giving you a new start. And imagine what it affected, how it affected Martha and Lazarus, that your sister is a prostitute. She's selling herself. And she comes home night after night or morning after morning, and you're dealing with that pain. My sister's working as a prostitute. And along comes Jesus, and Jesus says, Mary, we can change all of this. And she decides. She turns herself in. And when you see examples like Mary, you say, man, if Mary could change, anybody can change. That's what Jesus offers us. And so here's Mary. This is after her change. This is after she comes to, 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 Jesus comes to her house. And what's she doing? She's sitting at Jesus' feet. She's not washing his feet. She's sitting at his feet, listening to what he said. Why do you think she was doing that? Why do you think she was present? And this is a good definition of to be present. You're sitting at someone's feet doing what? Learning. Her life had changed, but she wasn't done changing. She still wanted to learn more and grow more. Maybe some of you have, have changed your life. Maybe things are different and you, you went through your, 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 your change. But are you done? Are you still there at Jesus' feet listening? Are you present? Are you in his presence learning? You know, my change happened 28 years ago. That's a long time. But let me tell you, I'm not done. I I can relate to Mary a lot because I see myself and I go, man, I've got so much more changing to do as a father, as a husband, as a minister, as a friend, as a member of this community. I've got a long way to go. And I want to change. But it's got to take choices. So we read on verse 40. But Martha, now she's a good one. She's a good sister. She's probably the older sister, right? The one who's organizing and everything. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations had to be made. Anybody relate to this? Maybe over the holidays. You know, there's usually somebody in the family in the holidays. They're they're running around. They're cooking the food. They're doing this. And and then, then they're stressing about it. They're distracted. By all the preparations that I mean, you can't just have Jesus over to your house and just like, hey, dog, what's up? Want a, want a sandwich? No, I mean, she, man, this was a big deal. The Messiah, the Lord, he's coming to your house, Jesus. 
And she's going for it. She's making all these preparations. She's doing all this stuff, the pie, the turkey, the gravy, the potatoes, you know, and the coffee and, the, and the, everything, appetizers, everything. And look what she says here. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Sound familiar? You know, there was always, I, I was kind of the Mary in our household in, in when I was a kid, you know, and, and my, my brothers and sisters would always say, hey, get, get him to do some work. He's got to help. Can he take out the trash? Can he do something? So just sitting there doing nothing? We need some help here, right? And people always tried to do this with Jesus. They'd always try to get Jesus to be the lawyer or the arbitrator. And the interesting thing is Jesus said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to resolve your disputes. I'm going to give you a teaching, but you are grown up enough to make choices for yourself. Here's the teaching about that. Jesus is not going to force any of us to do anything. He's going to offer it up. He's not going to try to control us. He's going to offer it up and say, hey, you make the choice. You're a grown up. You make these choices. You decide how you're going to live your life. And it will unravel as you decide and as the choices and decisions that you make. And so she's annoyed in verse 41. And then Jesus addresses Martha. He says, Martha, Martha. Now this, this, this way of starting a conversation wasn't demeaning. It wasn't demeaning. It was actually showing care and concern. It's like him putting his hand on her, on her hand and saying, Martha, Martha. He cared about her. He cared about the whole family. He's trying to settle her down. He says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about what? A lot. Hey, let's just stop. time out from the story. What are you worried and upset about today? We've got a new year starting. You're a guest here today. I'm glad you're here. But what's going on with you? What are you worried and upset about? Really? Are you dealing with that? And I would guarantee, I would almost promise you, the majority of what you are worried and upset about are things that you can do nothing about right now. You worrying and thinking about those things right now is not going to make one bit of difference of the outcome of those things. And we worry about the past, we worry about the future, but what about right now? And Jesus goes, you're worried and upset about many things. And then verse 42, but few things are needed. And in other versions it says, one thing is needed. One thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better. Now what Martha was doing, let's, let's clear the air because you can get kind of a a bad rap about Martha, you know. Martha's now, Mary's now become the good person, and now Martha, I mean, come on. That's a little crazy. It's extreme, right? You need to understand, Jesus isn't telling Martha, you're doing bad things. The question is, are you doing better things? And I would suppose that most of us are not involved in doing bad things. Hey, maybe there's some exception. I was before in my past. It was clear things I was doing were bad things. 
But the majority of us, we're doing good things. But my question is, Jesus' question to us today is, are you doing better things? See, because there's good and there's better. And so many of us want to paint in the category of bad or good. It's not like that. There are a lot of good things. You know, smartphones, tablets, sports, they're not bad things. Things that you're occupying your time with, hobbies, whatever it is, whatever you're involved in. It's not bad things. They may be good things, but the question is, are you making time for better things? Really? And that's the choices that you're going to have. And, you know, when you look at this story, Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. What an encouraging statement. You're not going to pressure her into changing what she's decided to do that is better. And, and i got to say this, there's going to be outside pressure from all of us when we choose to do the better things. I remember early on when I made some decisions to follow what the Bible says and what God wants for my life and what He wants from people's lives, I remember my friends were like, what are you doing? You know, and, and people could ask you, what are you doing with all your time? And you're going to write a check today for that amount? Really? What are you doing? Why would you take your Saturday for some of our leaders who took from, from 12 noon, Saturday afternoon, till 5 or 5.30 in the afternoon? They took a whole Saturday out for a workshop yesterday. What are you doing? Church? Aren't you a little over the top with church? You need to stop that. You need to get a real life. Jesus says it. You make some right choices, it will not be taken away from you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. And, you know, you can take away some, some, some bad things. Number one, that Martha's not a bad person. She's fallen into the trap that many of us have fallen into. We get distracted. And we make bad choices. And, and this, isn't, this story about Martha and Mary isn't about women. Some of you guys say, yeah, that's women. Yeah, that's women. No, no, no. This, this, you could do this for men. You could do this for children. This fits everybody. It's one size fits all story. And I promise you, I, I got I to gotta say this. For me in 2013, be present is huge. It's huge. It's big for me. It's big for our world, and it's not going to get any better. They're going to come out with something, something newer, faster, and get you more connected, get you more distracted. It's going to be, and, and, and you think about 15 years, 20 years from now, you're going to have glasses on where it's not going to be on your wallet or in your pocket or something in your hand. It's going to be on your eye, and you're going to have stuff going on your eye, and you're going to be in church, and you're going to have glasses, and they're going to project the, you know, your Facebook page, your, you know, your, your, your Internet page, and some of you are going like, wow, that'll be cool. Let me just tell you, it's going to be very, very hard for you in the future to focus if you don't make some decisions now about where and what you're going to be present in and about. Bad English, sorry. But what, what, what are you going to be focused on? And this story is about choices. Mary made a choice. Martha was making choices to be led by all the stuff. Some of that stuff, it has to get done. 
but it doesn't have to get done at the expense of you got one chance to sit at the Lord's feet and hear what He has to say. You've got certain windows in your life where you have the opportunity to grow and to learn, and you can't let that other stuff choke you out. Let's look at another verse that talks about this. Another thing that talks about being connected. The most important connections are eternal and personal, not electronic. Think about it. You know, some of you guys may be tweeting right here and right now. Who's going to remember what you just wrote in five years? That conversation that you had over Twitter or IMing, who's going to remember that in five minutes? It came and went. But this talk, this topic, what we're talking about right now has huge, it may save a marriage. It may save a family. It may save a life. If we weigh into what we're talking about right here, and if we would sit down and turn off the stuff and sit down and have really good conversations with each other and say, hey, I'm here. Let's talk. Let's connect. You and I. And even in the mornings, you won't get choked out and get crowded out, but you'll have time in the mornings to spend with God. Look what Jesus said in Luke chapter 8, verse 14. He was talking about this parable. And it was a predominantly agricultural world and environment that Jesus was a part of. Somebody didn't fix the battery up there on the clock, so I'm in trouble. You guys are in trouble. No, I got another one here. And it works just fine. But Jesus, Jesus was talking to a predominantly agriculture, and he tells this parable about the sower scattering seed. And, and what he was talking about is that the word... We receive it and it falls into our hearts and different soils, different hearts react to the seed differently. And I want to mention this third soil, this third soil because it's exactly what we're talking about. The seed that fell among what? Thorns. Weeds. Guess where it grows faster? Better believe it here in California. Watch out. The seed that fell among the thorns or the weeds stands for those who hear... But as they go on their way, they are choked out by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they don't mature. In other words, they don't make progress in their faith. They're stuck. God has a plan for us. In 2013, He's got a plan for you. This is going to be your year. Now, you've got to make choices just like Mary does. What's going to be my focus? And am I going to work hard at eliminating, keeping my garden clear and clean of weeds? They're going to be there. There's going to be stuff that competes for your attention. You've got to decide. You're in control. You're a grown-up. And, and, and i got to say this, because some of us have this idea that people that go to church got it all together. Just because you're a member of our church does not mean you've got it all together. In fact, i got to say this. There's divorce in our church. It's sad. It's tragic. But this scripture describes why. Because people make choices. They make choices, and they're here, and you say, wow, well, aren't they a member of your church? 
Don't they go to your church? Aren't you a Christian? But look at the way you're living. Let me explain it for you. If you're a guest and you, you've seen a Christian that's not living the life, okay, and then you want to put that, that, that tag or that reputation on all Christians. No. That's not all Christians. That's some. And those people have made choices to let other things choke out their faith. In fact, there are Christians... They're members of our church, but they're not really present. They're not present in their small group. They're not present in relationships. They're not present even here today. They've got other things going on, other worries, other concerns. And me as a minister, guess what? Guess who gets the phone call when their world is falling apart? And this is not one situation. This is many situations. I get a phone call. The elders will get a phone call because they've made a choice not to be present and then their marriage and their family starts to implode. And then they go, oh, I need help. You needed help a long time ago, but the problem is you weren't present when we talked about it, when we dealt with it, when we were there, when you should have been present and you would have gotten everything you needed. If you'd have just been Mary, if you'd have taken some time out of your day, each day, and sat at the Lord's feet, learning. But instead, you got distracted. And, and i got to say this, some of us are not growing the way we can. Some of you can be doing amazing things for God. But because you're not present, because you're not investing, because you're not, you're, you're not cultivating and you're letting things choke you out. You're not maturing. You've not changed that much in the last five years. It's the same things that are dogging you that dogged you before. It's a simple choice. Be present. And we're going to talk specifically about that. But this is a sad thing. But then, then there's the next soil and it's inspiring because we've got to leave it on a positive note. Now look, this is Mary who makes the choices, makes the good choices. She's the seed that falls on good soil. She's saying, I want to be present. Okay, I, I, want, to, I want to listen. I want to let the seed fall in and I want to act on what I hear. It stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it. They, they, they got it with them. They remembered what they, what they were heard. And they make conscious decisions, deliberate decisions, to change the way they live. All right, I'm going to, 2013, I'm going to have some new priorities and I'm going to have some new, new boundaries in my life so that I can grow. It stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering. Now, it's not going to be easy. Do you think it was easy for Mary to go from prostitute to Christian? Everywhere you go, you run into people. And these were villages. Bethany, where she was, was a small town. She went to the supermarket. There was a guy that she sold herself to. What's that like? The memories. You think you got it tough? I can't change. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can be this person that God wants me to be. How was it for Mary? The difference was, and she's an incredible example, and there's so many examples in the Bible, but there are examples here. 
There are examples of people here who had a horrific background in life, and guess what? They, they're examples. You go, wow, it's because they sat at Jesus' feet like Mary and said, hey, I'm going to block out all this stuff. If I run into the guy here, or if this happens, or if that happens, I'm going to stay in the moment. Who am I? I'm a Christian. I'm not a prostitute. I'm a daughter of God. And He is with me, and I am with Him. And nobody can take that away from me. Jesus told me, no one can take that away from me. Isn't that awesome? But she decided to live in that moment. And look what it says here. Who hear it, retain it, and by persevering produce what? Huge crop. She not only, and you not only, affect the people like yourself and maybe a couple of your kids, you affect a lot of people around you. If you decide to be present this year, it's going to affect a lot of people. But if you walk around distracted, you're going to be another one of those people that's just walking around like this. And you guys have been to the, to the, the gatherings, right? Football games, the dinners. You know, what, you know what's a common scene? You go to somebody's house and you... And I'm guilty. We've all done it. But we've got, this year's got to be different. You sit around. You've got a group of people sitting around. And they're all like this. Right? And you relate? You know? And, and ten years ago, no one would do that because they didn't have these. But you were present. Somebody was having a conversation. You clued in. Oh, really? Tell us more about that. And so for some of us, we've got to set it down. You know what I mean? Hey, tell me about your day. Tell me what's going on. And really be there. And, 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 and we're going to talk more about this. By being present, being present isn't about you alone, but it's an example that you leave for others. People remember whether you were there, whether you were present or not. And I don't want that reputation. And, and I know there's people that I've acted as a minister. And I, I, gotta, I gotta tell you this. There's times where people have sat down with me and they've poured out their heart to me. And I know in my heart, I'm in another place. I'm listening and I'm going, yeah, yeah, mm, I'm so sorry. I don't want that anymore. That's why this year, be present is so important. Let's wrap this up. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. This was how Jesus put it. Listen, you're gonna have a lot of worries, a lot of distractions. But Jesus says here in Matthew 6.33, we know, a lot of us know this verse really well, seek first His kingdom. You've got to have choices and priorities. Here it is. God, and if you're married, your marriage. If you have family, it's your family. And then the other stuff, you've got to fit it into place. Got to have those priorities. And people who do that, people who give more attention to those things, it goes much better for them. They're going to go through the struggles. They're going to go through the trials. But they're going to survive them, and they're going to come out on top. So what are we talking about? You know, I'm so glad we got the Internet. Say hi to everybody on the Internet. Hey, everybody. Isn't it cool that you can not come to church and you can watch the service online? But is it a substitution for not being present? No. I've done it. Remember when I was vacationing in Florida and watched a service online with my family, and it's not the same. Number one, I wasn't speaking. 
but the speaker was great. Okay? But there was a problem with the internet connection. Kept coming in and out. You know what I miss the most? Being present. Hugs. The fellowship after. You know? Just, just the whole, the, the environments, like the, the singing, everything, it's so different. And some of you, you miss church a lot. You say, oh, I'll listen to it online. I'll get the lesson later. It's not the same. If you're not present, you're not going to mature and you're not going to grow and you're not going to experience what you can experience when you're present. It's the same with your small group. Your small group is meeting, and, and, and what I'm talking for you guys who are guests, I'm talking about we, we, we meet in circles during the week. But some of you aren't meeting in your circles. You're members of the church and you're not present. That's going to have an effect on your, your maturity and on your faith. In the past, we used to say, hey, you've got to come to church all the time. Hey, no, 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 no. We're not going to do that anymore. We're going to be just like Jesus and say, it's your choice. Church is here for you. If you want to be here, awesome. You're going to grow. And you're going to thrive. But if you don't, we're going to talk to you. But it's your choice. This is America. But if I care about you, if I care about you, we're going to have a straight eye-to-eye talk. Because I don't want the damage a few months later or a few years later where your life is imploding and because you were careless and you didn't invest yourself, you got problems. And we do this a lot. We clean up a lot of messes because of choices. 70 to 80% of the messes that are made in people's lives is self-inflicted. Did you know that? It's not like there was an asteroid that came and fell or a, a tornado or an earthquake that ruined your life. 70 to 80% of the disasters that happen in people's lives is self-inflicted, meaning they made choices and it, 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 it played out. That's why being present is so important. We've got some great plans this year to roll out some stuff that's going to be so practical, so useful for family, for marriage, for life. And Mike's got some great plans for the teens this year to help you guys be strong at school. And I would just want to say, I admire your courage to be followers of Jesus in high school. That is not easy. Let's give the teens a hand. And I promise this is the last verse. Okay? I love this verse, Exodus 33, verse 15. And this is, this is where Moses, Moses was in a position where he was about to leave where he was and go to the promised land. And, and, and God was so upset with what the people were doing that there was a question if he was going to go with them. And I love this interaction that Moses made with God. And this is what I want you to say to God this year in 2013. There's no point in us starting a year. And let's listen to what he says. Then Moses said to him, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't, do not send us up from here. 
I mean, let's not even start the year, God. If you're not going to go with us, if you're not going to be with us, if you're not going to help us, if you're not going to accompany us in our marriage, in our family, in our life, in our work, all the things, if you don't come along with us, I don't want to go. What's the point? If you're not going to be with me, God, and we need to start each day with this practice. And today you're going to receive a bookmarker with the five springboards of faith. And you're going to be going over them in your small groups. And this is going to really help you practically speaking. And I invite you guys who are guests here today, please come to our small groups. You can learn about these five springboards because that's what's going to ensure us growing and thriving. And that's what's going to ensure us that the presence of the Lord is going to be with us. You know, when we celebrated New Year's, we were at the lawyer's house and it was Happy New Year and and one of the people there said, hey, the world didn't end in 2012. Right? But some people were afraid of that. Aztecs were wrong. Let me tell you about something. For some people, their world ended in 2012. He's here today, and I asked him permission to share about this. But Lavelle Scotton's niece in 2012, just a week ago, she stopped breathing. She died. In 2012, her world I don't know what 2013 is going to happen. And God rest her soul, but it was risky business the way she was living. Risky business. And what I want, what I want for all of you, if your time comes in 2013, there's only one thing, what Jesus said, that one thing, There's only one thing that's important. Are you going to be in the presence of God when it's all over? That's huge. Your bank account's not going to matter. Whether you got the latest and greatest technology. And the sad thing about 2012, there were children who were assassinated. And the great thing about children is Jesus has provided a provision for all children. They will be in the presence. But young and old died last year. The world, their world was over. This, this is all that matters. Our lives are quick, fleeting. Let's make sure that we're present with God today and all year so that no matter what happens, we'll be present with Him. God bless you. Have a great new year.